Welcome to the Stop Drinking Podcast, where we help you make stopping drinking a simple, logical, and easy decision. We help you with tips, tools, and strategies to start living your best life when alcohol-free. If you want to learn more about Stop Drinking Coaching, then head over to www.soberclear.com. Just wondering, how bad can it be? Well, you might be surprised, because with each sip, a cascade of changes begin in your organs almost instantly. The heart, the liver, the brain, none are spared. And today in this video, we're going to be breaking down the science of exactly what happens to an alcohol drinker's organs after just one drink. Believe me, once you see the full picture here, you're going to rethink that casual glass of wine or beer. So drink in moderation. This is the slogan that society bombards us with from a young age. Nowadays, we have a new one, drink responsibly. I don't know who came up with that one. So presumably, this is something nice, something pleasurable, but only if you consume it in moderate quantities, say a couple of drinks. But is all this really so? Let's take the best case scenario. Somebody who has just one drink and then can put down the glass and without fail say no more. Is this person really doing something responsible? Well, by the time you're finished watching this video, the answer will be plain as day. Not just that, to even ask the question in the first place will seem completely ridiculous. Now, before we get into this, I want to clarify that each person's body will react very differently to a unit of alcohol. For the purposes of this video, we'll be dealing by definition with a very light drinker, somebody who drinks no more than one glass at a time. This person's body will react in certain aspects completely the opposite to somebody who's a heavy drinker, for example, in terms of blood pressure and heart rate. But even among light drinkers, there will be massive variations. Due, for example, to sex, body mass, the presence of certain enzymes that boil down to genetics, and so on. So with that big disclaimer out of the way, let's get right into it. So already in the 1950s, scientists understood that there is no threshold value for alcohol impairing cognitive and psychomotor performance. And the primary area that they first looked into, and the one that receives the most attention to this day, is alcohol's effect on driving ability, which you can then break down into subcomponents like reaction time, coordination, etc. So very early on, they found that there is no amount that you can drink, no matter how small, and fire on all cylinders. It is just not possible. As a society, we've basically looked the other way. For example, we have set legal blood alcohol concentration limits for driving. We say that if you have blood alcohol levels above 0.08%, we will consider you drunk driving. That's the equivalent to three or four drinks. If we catch you above that, then we're simply going to punish you. But this is just a convention. If you actually test people in very strict conditions, there is no lower limit. After the very first drink, their performance starts to decline. Now, one of the most extensive reviews of the scientific literature, commissioned in 1998 by the US Department of Transportation, concluded that, quote, on the basis of present results, it can be asserted that BACs of 0.03% or less are sufficient to affect skills relevant to driving. That's basically one drink. The review recommended dramatically lowering the legal BAC for driving, something which never happened. The driving impairment can be traced to specific cognitive deficits that form after just one or two drinks. These include visually detecting an object, tracking it, and divided attention, or multitasking as we call it nowadays. After the second drink, everything goes downhill fast. Reaction times, hand-eye coordination, hand steadiness, body balance, 
you name it. The relationship between alcohol consumption, heart rate, and blood pressure is complex. At high doses, alcohol increases heart rate, and this increase is seen consistently up to 24 hours after consumption. High doses also decrease blood pressure for the first 12 hours, but then increase it after that. One lone drink of alcohol doesn't appear to be enough to have any effect on blood pressure. It is enough, however, to bring about an increase in heart rate, and this can last for up to six hours. So people with pre-existing heart conditions or blood pressure problems may be more susceptible to this increase. After the throat and esophagus, the alcoholic drink that we consume will then make its way to the stomach. Just one drink is enough to increase the incidence and duration of acid reflux episodes. This is when the contents of the stomach flow back up towards the esophagus. One drink of a fermented alcoholic beverage like wine, beer, or champagne will also be enough to increase the secretion of gastric acids. Now, if these effects are severe enough, they can lead to heartburn. This can last from a few minutes to several hours. A complicating factor is that alcohol can also stimulate appetite and lead to overeating, particularly on low nutritional value foods. Often it will make you crave total junk food. This will only aggravate your gastrointestinal system further. One drink will also lead to an increase in so-called gastric motility, meaning that you will tend to go to the bathroom more. Multiple drinks, however, often have the opposite effect. The liver is responsible for metabolizing or breaking down the large majority of the alcohol that we consume. One fascinating thing about alcohol metabolism is that it's linear. In other words, the liver breaks down alcohol in the same way and at the same rate, regardless of how many drinks that we've had. So it doesn't matter if you've had one beer or 10. The liver will work in the same way and at a predetermined pace. And sadly, the way that the liver works is by using an enzyme called a this removes hydrogen atoms from the alcohol molecule, converting it to a highly toxic molecule known as acetaldehyde. As bad as ethanol is, it pales in comparison to acetaldehyde. And if you thought ethanol was bad, acetaldehyde is particularly bad. Acetaldehyde is poison. It will kill cells. It damages and kills cells, and it is indiscriminate as to which cells it damages and kills. It is the poison, the acetaldehyde itself, that leads to the effect of being inebriated or drunk. I think most people don't realize that, that being drunk is actually a poison-induced disruption in the way that your neural circuits work. Acetaldehyde is estimated to be 10 to 30 times more toxic than ethanol. Now, we have covered acetaldehyde in several other videos, so I won't go into detail again here. Suffice it to say that due to its molecular structure, acetaldehyde is a highly reactive molecule. This means that it likes to interact and destroy more or less every cell that it comes into contact with. There is absolutely no safe lower limit of acetaldehyde. Every single molecule is damaging your health. Most of the acetaldehyde that is produced in the liver will stay in the liver. Very little escapes into general circulation, meaning that out of your entire body, the liver will bear the brunt of that one drink far more than any other organ. Over time, this one innocent drink can have a catastrophic effect on the liver, which brings us to the next point. So we looked into some of the ways that just a single one-off drink will impact your body. But of course, nobody will ever have just one drink and then never touch the stuff again. People drink in patterns. And many problem drinkers kid themselves that by clinging on to the idea that one day they'll be able to drink responsibly or become so-called light drinkers. They think, wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't it just be fantastic to be a normal drinker, become a light drinker, then indulge in that one glass of wine alongside my pasta and then put the bottle away for the rest of the day? Well, here's the thing. There are two problems with this. The first and obvious one is that if you are a heavy drinker, then drinking in moderation is a strategy that is pretty much proven to fail 
100% at the time. Listen, the only solution is to stop drinking completely. And if you're a regular viewer of the channel, you'll probably understand that well. But the second problem is that even low consumption of alcohol can have negative, even disastrous effects on your body over the long term. A few years in 2018, we got this comprehensive review published in The Lancet. It was the result of a massive collaboration involving more than 500 researchers from all over the world. The review used literally hundreds of data sources and studies to calculate the long-term health effects of various levels of drinking. According to one of the senior study authors, the main conclusion was that the quote, safest level of drinking is none. She noted that these results conflict with most health guidelines, which espouse health benefits associated with consuming up to two drinks per day. Another author explained that, quote, previous studies have found a protective effect of alcohol on some conditions, but we found that the combined health risks associated with alcohol increase with any amount of alcohol. The review added that older studies which found some health protective effects of low alcohol consumption, notably on the cardiovascular system, typically suffered from various limitations, including small sample sizes. This is down mostly to the fact that the risk of certain types of cancers go up if you have just one glass a day. Another comprehensive 2015 study that looked at cancer specifically found that light drinking increases the risk of developing the following types of cancer. The mouth and pharynx by 13%, the esophagus by 26%, the gallbladder by 23%, the small intestine by 5%, melanoma by 11%, breast cancer by far the most common cancer in women, 4%. And let's not joke around here. This is pretty depressing stuff. Now, I have saved the best thing for last. So what is the big secret of alcohol? What is it that explains everything that we've talked about so far today? The one overarching, timeless, inalterable truth about booze is that manufacturers never want to talk about it. It is nothing other than a poison. All alcohol is, is a toxic substance that when you put it into your body, it metabolizes into even more harmful toxins. And unlike other poisons, which have very specific modes of action, alcohol is a very special kind of poison because it literally destroys cells and tissues in a million different ways. You see, ethanol is a small water-soluble molecule that can easily cross cell membranes and travel through the bloodstream. From there, it spreads rapidly throughout the body and attacks more or less every single organ. So next time somebody tells you that just having one drink is good, I want you to be able to look them in the eye and say this. If one drink of alcohol is good for you, then surely 100 must be amazing, right? Thanks for checking out the Stop Drinking podcast by Sober Clear. If you want to learn more about how we work with people to help them stop drinking effortlessly, then make sure to visit www.soberclear.com.